0: up. It's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to That's How I Roll. Yes, it's me. I'm Jeremiah. I'm your host, And this is episode 78 of the podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. Welcome. I hope you're enjoying your week. It's been a great week for me and the Isley household, albeit a very busy one. And we're going to talk about that today in the What's Up Weekly. Also, I've got a drive-by review for you of Arena for the Gods from Yellow Games. Cool little board game. Uh, and I say little, but it's actually not super small, anyway. Just I use that as a nomenclature, anyway. Uh, after that, we're gonna go into the real talk world where I talk about some things that are real and happening. And uh, today I've got I, I don't know, I just got some stuff I want to share as it's been a busy, busy week for Theology of Games. As we prepare for Origins and Indiegogo and just some stuff that's been going on in my head that I want to get out and out there into the interspace webs things. So that's <laughs> that's the rundown of today's show. What do you say we get things running and take a look at what's up weekly? All right, cool. So like I said, it's been a busy, uh, busy couple weeks. Well, I guess it's going on month ish now, like I've been uh, working on this show has, which has taken a ton of time on top of that with little league and just all the house projects. And finally, finally here in Northeast Ohio, we are truly believing that spring has arrived, which is great. But uh, so I've got a lot of stuff going on. And unfortunately, that has resulted in me not making it to many game nights. I have some friends who keep texting me and asking me, when are you coming to game night? And the answer has unfortunately been not yet. The good thing about this is, is I'm clearing out as I do these reviews, I'm clearing out sort of my backlog of titles that I've just had to get reviewed and done on the show here. So I'm kind of catching up that way. But the bad news is is I'm not playing many new games at the moment, but you know, if you listened about a year or so ago, I went through a very similar drought at this time of year. It's just kind of one of those things that happens with life and children and family and work and things that pay the bills and all that stuff. Just kind of goes into these cycles in these seasons in life. So that's a little bit about that. Um, other things going on for this week. Still working on getting ready for Origins. I've done some uh, preliminary orders of booth things. Uh, so we'll, we've got a banner and a table and some cool stuff kind of we're working on for that. Finalizing, uh, hopefully here in the next day or two, the graphics for all of that. So that'll be cool. Uh, maybe... Stick around and check out Instagram as that stuff comes in over the next couple weeks. I'll be kind of teasing some of that stuff and how you can find us if you're going to Origins. Super, super cool. I'm super excited about all that. Um, Also, um, let me see. Oh, yeah. We added to the Indiegogo campaign. If you have been following along... We have been doing a lot of opportunities for uh, folks that want to, you know, become sponsorship partners with us. And, you know, hey, if you believe what's going on and you want to be a part of sponsoring one of the shows or even just putting an ad up on the the site over at theologyofgames.com, We've had a lot of cool opportunities there. Folks really, uh, honestly, haven't been taking to those as much. And I, this is a little bit of what I'm going to talk about in the Real Talk segment. But I, I was able to work out a kind of a cool deal with my good buddy, Alan Girding, who is of Tuesday Night Games. Him and Sean McCoy are just super, super awesome guys. Love those guys so much. They're great friends. Alan and I have gamed together a ton. I've been to his house a million times. He's come to my place. We just hang out and play games. And he's a great guy. Um, Anyway, enough of that. (laughs) But uh, I talked with him about it, and I kind of struck a deal for us to to acquire some copies of Two Rooms in a Boom and World Championship Russian Roulette, which are honestly, and I mean this sincerely, even if I didn't know these dudes, these are two of my favorite games. Two Rooms in a Boom is by far one of my favorite social deduction games. You can play, I've played up to like 25, 26, somewhere in there with this game and just had a total blast. No pun intended or take it for what it is. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's a great game. You can play a lot of people, lots of interaction, lots of fun, lots of laughing and lots of, some people just get confused. Some people love it. Some people uh are stressed out by it. Whatever it is, there's always a great reaction. It's always a lot of fun. World Championship Russian Roulette. I'm actually in the play in the rule book as one of the play testers. I got to see this game kind of from the ground up. Uh I was hanging out a lot with Alan and Sean as they were developing it and getting it ready for Kickstarter and all that fun, fun bluffing game. Uh, any, anybody that I've played it with has enjoyed it thoroughly. You can go back a few episodes and listen to my full review that I did here on. That's how I roll. Um, gosh, probably a couple months ago now and great, great game. So what we're doing is we're offering those games on the Indiegogo campaign. If you back at the $30 level, you can, pick a copy. You can pick, you know, which level you want to back at, whether it's two rooms or world championship Russian roulette. And you can, you can get a copy of that game and you're, yeah, you're not getting a great deal on it or, you know, whatever, but you're getting something for backing us. You know, uh, I, I wanted to have something that I could say, Hey, if you back us, we've got something to give you, not just our thanks. And Hey, we'll mention you on the podcast I wanted to be able to give you actually something for that, and not just a contest chance at winning something. So, uh, the contest is still going on. If you're referring people, if you're sharing your personal link, that's awesome, and we will track that, and you will have a chance at winning all the sweet prizes that I've mentioned. And so that contest is still happening. You still have a chance at winning all those sweet prizes. And I'm telling you right now, we'll talk about this a little more later on. But that contest is wide open the anybody could swoop in and take first prize and it, it would be amazing so that's a little bit of the what's up weekly we're gonna move on and let's let's talk about the arena for the gods
0: Whoa! hey everyone look it's time for another drive-by review
1: All right. The cool thing about this game is it is very uh, super easy to learn. It's uh, it's at its heart it's a it, it, it's a dice roller, right? All right. So it's I've I've heard people actually say that this is sort of King of New York or King of Tokyo lite, which is uh, it's a loose comparison, I'll give it that. But let me tell you a little bit about the game and how it breaks down. You're going to set up the game by setting up the board, obviously. There's a game board that has hexes on it that you set up. And depending on how many players, you're going to put these pillars out onto this arena. It's all shaped in this circular arena type thing, gladiator style. And there's these cool spiky pillars that you construct out of their punch out, but they kind of fold around and you put a top on them. Very cool little... uh, sort of component there with this thing and the rulebook gives you all these different configurations it kind of shrinks it if there's less players and expands it if there's more I should say that it plays uh, you can play up to six players it's two to six players and the box says it only takes about 30 minutes and doggone it that's about right uh, it is not a super lengthy game but it's a great It's a little more than a filler maybe, but it's great because you can play it two or three times if you didn't really want to get into something heavy and people enjoy it, trying different strategies and selecting different uh, equipment cards and things like that, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So anyway, you set up these pillars on the board. You set up traps. You set up fountains of life. I think that's what they're called on these different spaces which you can uh, put life you put life cubes on these cool like red blood see-through cubes that kind of look like uh, again I'm going to say King of Tokyo or King of New York kind of look like those energy cubes in the in that game except they're red they're kind of like blood like your life force kind of thing you will then take each player is going to take their hero they're going to take a, the screen that matches their hero you got a player screen and you're going to take 20 life point cubes and put it behind your your screen now the next thing you're going to do before you actually start battling is you're going to select equipment there's four types of equipment and there's four different decks for those you shuffle each one up there's weapons There's a mount, so like you can ride some mystical, magical being into battle. There's armor and there's spells. So you will deal out as many cards from each of these one at a time as there are players in the game. So if there's four players, you deal out four. And then everybody's going to bid on who gets to pick First, from the cards that are available. So, you'll secretly put a number of cubes in your hand, you're betting with your life here, and you will hold them out, and everybody reveals whoever bids the most will uh, get to pick from that selection of cards. So those cards basically what they do is they give you special abilities. So, when you roll uh, on your turn, there's basic things you can always do by using, you know, two feet or two attacks or two whatever. There's always something you can do, but these things will give you a discount, or if you have two, it'll add to that attack. Or there's all these cool stuff that that they do, and they always like I like I just said, you shuffle them up and you deal them out, so it's always random, and there, that really helps with the replay value of the game. So you do that for all four of those. You bid, then you know whoever bid the most, and then you kind of go descending order of least, you know most to least. They get to pick their cards. Now the thing is, you could bid nothing on each of these and just kind of take whatever falls to you. Uh, but in my experience is that if you do that, um, everybody knows that you have the most life left and you get the crap kicked out of you <laughs> right away <laughs> because they're like, oh, well we have to hurt him because he will win if he does not get severely injured. Um, yeah, I'm not bitter, but... Uh, so you do that. Everybody gets all their their cards. You put them in front of your your screen so everybody can see what you're doing, and then it's time to battle. Basically, like I said, you roll dice. You use them to move. You use them to attack or cast a spell or do these different things. Spells can do cool things. Like you can tell you can put. Um, like, hindrances on other players where they can't use as many dice or they take a damage or something like that. And so that kind of jams up their game for one turn if they have to use fewer dice. And you basically, you go around smashing each other. There's certain rules for, like, different attacks. Like, you have to be adjacent to them. Or, like, certain things will knock people back. And if they hit a wall or they hit a... A pillar or whatever they lose an extra life point for that you keep doing this everybody just takes turns beating the crap out of each other until somebody just not everybody just one player loses all of their life and then the game is over now the trick here is that the player that has the most life remaining is the player that wins So, again, like I said, if you're bidding and you're not bidding a whole lot and everybody sees you're kind of sandbagging and stocking up on your health, well, you're going to get picked on because they know that you will win if you take out somebody that maybe just bid a ton of stuff and they don't have much life. So it kind of eliminates that beat up on the weaker guy because if you're not the strongest guy... It doesn't matter if you beat up on the weakest guy because you're going to lose. So it actually turns into sometimes people going after the strongest guy. But here's the thing. Remember I said everybody gets a player screen. So everybody's got a player screen in front of them, and that's where you hide your life points. And guess what? Sometimes you just kind of lose track of where everybody's life points are. So that kind of makes it this really interesting meta game that happens in there is you're keeping track of who's bidding what and how much they're bidding you're also trying to figure out what uh, you know who you should attack and who's been attacked and who's gained life from these fountain of life pieces spots that are on the board all this kind of stuff's going on and all that adds together to make what is actually a really fun game I kind of I guess I'd like to say this game is just enough there it's not too simple it's not overly complicated there's not tons and tons of movement rules and things like that now there's a few of them in there that just you know if you look at the rule book it'll explain it pretty well but there's there's bidding there's bluffing there's drafting there's battling there's all these little things that are very very not difficult to do right like i've taught this game to my kids taught it to non-gamers gamers enjoy it there's but there's all these different little aspects to the game and then you get to the battle and then you beat the crap out of each other and you're like cool let's do it again all right great so it's very lightweight in all of that that um yeah well i'm gonna pick this card this time you have four cards to pick from And if you want one really bad, you have to bid for it. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to get analysis paralysis over picking my equipment. You just there's four of them and you go, "Uh, okay, I want that one. And if you don't get one, that's great. The game doesn't last that long. You're not really going to be hurting like, oh, man, I really invested a lot of time in this game and I got a bad weapon card. No, you're going to you're going to play for the next 20, 30 minutes and move on. I remember we sat down and we played it and we just had a great time with it. Just right in the convention hall, it was like, oh, here it is. This is Arena for the Gods. Hey, that's a great game. Um, So it's just a lot of fun. And there's a great, you know, little mix between dice rolling and miniatures melee and all the little different aspects of the game that make it really, really fun. One thing I would say about this, too, is that There are some heroes that are a little mm, not family game night friendly. Just because of the artwork, you know, there's some of the female heroes are dressed certain ways. Uh, Just be aware of that if that's something, you know, you've got younger kids that maybe you don't want to answer questions about things, certain things (laughs) at family game night just kind of leave those in the box but for the most part everything else is pretty good all the battle is abstracted you're not uh, except for the blood-shaped or the blood-colored cubes and that kind of thing but it's really a fun game again it's from yellow games it is arena for the gods
0: (laughs) Do you have a question for Jeremiah? A topic you'd like to hear him tackle? Just shoot him an email at theologyofgames at gmail.com or tweet at Theology of Games.
1: All right, it's time for some real talk. Now, I want to talk about, I want to talk about theology of games. And I want to talk about Origins. I want to talk about Indiegogo. All of these things are kind of intermingled at the moment, right? So we have, like I've been (laughs) exuding about, we've applied for and we've got our booth spot for Origins, which is coming up here in just about a month, just a shade over a month. Very, very exciting. Very cool news. We've been running a campaign for Indiegogo. There's a week left as of the day of publishing this. Uh, So we are rounding the corner on that thing. And, of course, Theology of Games has been around for nearly six years. So it's interesting to me. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm being completely honest because it's the Real Talk segment, after all. Uh... I wasn't sure what was going to happen with, um, with the Indiegogo campaign. Now I understand that being on Indiegogo has its own set of obstacles, I guess. Uh, you know, it's not nearly as popular as Kickstarter and I probably would have done things a little bit differently had I talked to some folks beforehand, um, or had I Thought things through in a different line of thinking, uh, but we have definitely stalled our our campaign is severely stalled, and we're at like two hundred and thirty five dollars, which doesn't even cover the cost of of the booth space in the exhibit hall. So, um, what does that mean? What does that have to do with anything? It is it. Really, nothing. <laughs> as far as you, you, the listener, are concerned, uh, we we've already paid for the booth space, so that money is gone and spent, and we've got it. We're we're there. Um, it's just it's a matter of now. Like, all right, we got to be a little creative with the hotel situation and trying to figure out who we can bring down and uh, things like that. I don't know that Scott Firestone, who is my partner, who's been a part of Theology of Games since day one, he and I are the ones that kind of conceived it and thought, you know, came up with everything and launched it six years ago. Um... That was hopefully gonna be something if if we hit goals and and hit marks that we would be able to kind of help uh bring him along and he lives in Colorado so it's it's a bit of a trip it's more of a flight than a drive uh so that's probably not gonna happen. We'll see what what shakes out with it but um you know at this point pretty much. Origins is out of, out of pocket. It's all, it's all out of pocket for us, which is fine, which is great. Um, I'm still super excited about the, uh, about the opportunity of this, and we're going to make the darn best out of it that we can. But, um, it's, I, I guess I'm just having this talk because it, I went back and looked at some numbers for the site and now I can, I can tell you the life events that changed the numbers and affected the numbers and, and everything like that. As we look back at the history of theology of games um, you know, in 2015 was probably our best year in terms of site traffic and things like that. We had over 30,000 unique visitors in that year and dozens of thousands. I want to say it was like sixty to 80,000 page views that year. Uh, our numbers were just great. I mean, we were having hundreds of people a day on the site. And you think about that um, as that averages out over the days. I mean, that that's consistently hundreds of people um, every day on the site and enjoying our content, reading our content. And it was great. It was Amazing. It was uh very good, very fulfilling to see those kind of turnouts as we we moved along. It is it has dropped significantly over the years, um, over the years since then. But I can tell you why. You know, I can tell you um I had a job change. I, I switched professions, then I moved, then uh, you know, as recently as last year, we had a baby. Uh, who was six weeks early, and we spent time in the NICU, and then uh, and then we had a house fire. And then in the middle of all that, uh, a year or two back, uh, Scott lost his job due to downsizing. So, I mean, there's just—life happened, and that's, that's where we are with Theology of Games. Life happens, and things take priority. So, I guess— I say all that to say we are hoping and, you know, obviously part of the strategy of going to a convention for a blog and a podcast and a website is that we have sort of a, an infusion of new fans and new friends and people who uh, are aware of, of the site. And we can have FaceTime with people who want to ask us questions about our thoughts on gaming and all the things that we we like to talk about, you know, faith is a big part of that as well, or the component that kind of really put this thing together. And so we're hoping that not only will it will it kind of give breathe a new life into this endeavor, but it'll just kind of almost be a, a launching point for us. And I, I think I've used that term before, where we're launching into a, the next chapter for theology of games, which. I I'm not ready to kind of divulge some of those details yet because I've got a couple things working in the background that uh, will be a part of that. And when it does happen, it's going to be great. It's going to be very very cool. Uh, I, I'm I'm the type of person if you if you haven't picked up on this yet if you've been listening now for seventy eight episodes. Uh, you've seen this show evolve. You've seen it change and move and shift and new segments come in and new segments leave. And I'm the type of person that is always thinking and always kind of trying to stretch what we do and make the most out of all the efforts that we give. So I'm always thinking and shifting and reconfiguring. And I know I'm speaking very vaguely, but uh, cool things are coming for Theology of Games. So I hope, I hope that going to Origins, we can make more people hip to that. So that's it. That's all there is uh, All there is to that. If, if you want to get in on the Indiegogo campaign, by all means, we would greatly appreciate any contribution that can be made there. Like I said, for $30, you can get a copy of Two Rooms and a Boom or World Championship Russian Roulette, two amazing games. We can uh, we can mail those to you, or if you want to come and pick them up at Origins, I'd be glad to shake your hand and hand you a copy of the game. Uh, I'm super proud to be able to offer those as part of our campaign. It's, it's very, very cool. Uh, and and here's, here's some more real talk. We started this uh, referral contest as a part of the campaign to get people to share the link and hopefully get people to contribute, and we'll be tracking those referrals and all that. Here's here's the the real deal on that. We have not received a single dollar in referral money from that competition. So if you went and pledged a dollar and then got a friend used your code, your unique code on Social media, whatever, and somebody clicked it, and they bid or they backed us for one dollar. You would officially be in the lead. You would be winning. What is it? Charterstone, uh, space base Azul, and drop it from Cosmos and Tams for a dollar. So that's as real. That's about as real as I can get, folks. (sighs) All right. So I'm glad I got that off my chest. Um, It's been a very, very wild ride, and like I said. I have nothing but high hopes and great, great ideas and visions that hopefully will all start to firm up right around the time of Origins. Uh, It's been a little bumpier to get there than I thought it would be or that I hoped it would be, but you know, that's just the nature of things and that's how it shakes out. All right, so that's going to be it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. We, uh, we, we truly do have a lot of fun doing all the stuff that we do on Theology of Games. So check out Arena for the Gods from Yellow Games. It's a lot of fun. By all means, we would love it if you would share or like or tweet at us. Uh, find us out there on, on social media. Share the show with folks. And of course, uh, a dollar gets you a dollar in referral money on the IndieGoGo campaign gets you first place at this time. So get out there and share it, folks. And with that, I will say until next week. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Jeremiah Isley, and you know, you know, that's how I roll.
0: Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.